This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. This week's guest is Jonathan Levitt. He's a runner from Boston, Massachusetts, who recently relocated to Boulder and back to Boston and back to Boulder. He's a sales manager at Inside Tracker, a Cambridge Mass-based health tech company that provides personalized guidance on nutrition and performance based on your blood, DNA, and soon wearable device data. And this may actually been launched so far. So we're also taking into account a lot of your habits and your goals and really what you're looking to accomplish by tracking your blood and your blood doesn't lie. But Jonathan started running in 2013 after the Boston Marathon bombing. And since then he's run a number of marathons, ultras, and did a 40 mile day in the Grand Canyon. But when he's not running or helping others with their performance, he actually has his own podcast called The Long Run, which is an exploration of what keeps elite runners running long, strong, and motivated. So Jonathan, welcome to the show. Ken, thanks for for having me. I think this is our, the first one I've done two episodes with someone. So welcome to the inaugural twofer. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I guess it was a, a good enough chat that we're, we're back for round two a couple of years later. Definitely. Definitely. So tell us, tell the audience, refresh their memory a little bit about what you're doing in the inside tracker, what drew you to doing this and a little bit about your running. So it's an interesting story and you play a pretty large role in it. Um, so I got linked up with inside tracker at an executive athletes event back in 2014. Um, so thank you for that. I met the, the founder. I need to send the bill. I haven't sent the bill yet. (laughs) It's growing. It's growing. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and, and seven years later, uh, I'm still here. Uh, I watched the team grow from, I don't know, there were eight or nine of us and we've got more than uh, 10 times that at this point. And it's, it's so cool to see such passionate people who care so much about the health and, and lives and livelihood of others, um, all coming from Gil's mission originally of just extending life and quality of life. Um, and as I've fallen further off the deep end in, in the endurance world, it just continues to allow me to do more and more of, of what I love, which is our, which is our goal to help, help everyone do more of what they love for as long as they can. No. And it's so true, right? That whole, and Gil is awesome with the whole longevity piece, right? I think people have sort of, I think during COVID have probably forgotten a lot about that. I think they went into survival mode, but now that as people are coming out of it, it's going to become a bigger and bigger play. Yeah. I talked with my coach, um, on a on my podcast back in March or April of last year, and uh, we didn't nobody knew how long this was going to go at the time. But he said, "You don't have to be good at a pandemic; you just have to survive." And uh, it, hopefully, you know, those of us who are listening, we're 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 getting closer to the other side. Um, and yeah, we're back to looking at races coming back online. We're back to looking at. Um, you know, being able to meet up for, for bike rides and long runs and all these things that, you know, we love so much. And, and from where I sit on the, on the inside tracker side, we see people 
signing up who never would have considered it in the past, right? You know, you have this acute reason to care about your health and the understanding that this is important and you're the only one who, who can control it. Um, and yeah, we've, we've been growing quite a lot, even despite the pandemic. And, um, personally, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the best results I've ever seen from a, from a, from an objective standpoint of these blood biomarkers indicating like I am healthier than ever before. And what's interesting is that's coupled with the loosest I've ever been with my diet. I'm, I'm eating what I need to eat and allowing room for everything else. Um, and just saying, yes, you know, do you want to get pizza? Oh, do you want to get this? It's like, sure, because I'm doing the basics. And, and um, I know we talked uh, a few weeks ago about inner age, which is a metric that, that is able to provide this objective assessment of, you know, are you trending in the right direction? And I joined Insta Tracker at 24. My inner age was 31. It basically stayed 31 for, for seven years until I tested this past March and I'm um, 25 again. There you go. No, you're, you're reverse engineering yourself on this one. You'll exactly but 12 by the end of the year. <laughs> but I think I love what you're saying, what your coach was saying, right? Just surviving the pandemic. And I think a lot of people went into survival mode. I think a lot of people probably, you know, ate too much or drank too much or did, you know, a lot of that stuff. And what you guys are doing will allow people to, to sort of reset as well. I know, you know, it's something I'm going to go do here to go get a reset, a, a reading of, hey, you know, where am I now, right? And you, sure. you can only build on that. And that's, and that's so important. And same with fitness. And it's the same with getting back to racing, because you can only race against the clock, your watch so much before you actually go race, or when you get even just going back to work, it's, hey, what's your reset? How am I going to actually be physically and mentally? Because it's pretty funny. I, I, I remember every time, years ago i've been doing the same thing for 20 years but you start a new job and you're exhausted and you're like oh my god what have i been doing? you know the, how hard is this my daughter just went back to school last week for the first time full time she's exhausted but meanwhile she just skied seven days a week all winter and had no issues with that but you know it's a shift in mental performance and what happens there mentally and physiologically for sure yeah i think that that's the the most un Um, how do we account for that? And, and so you mentioned in the, at the, at the beginning, I just moved to Colorado and half the reason, or I don't know, some large portion of the reason I moved here is like, I found this balance in a way that I'd never felt it before. And I would get to Monday morning feeling refreshed and ready to work the whole week versus being exhausted on Monday morning. And I think that the, this pandemic has helped people to reshift or, or at least reconsider their priorities. And I'm not saying quit your job or, you know, leave your family and go live in the mountains, but I'm saying um, it was, it, it, it was and is still an opportunity to evaluate what is important. And hopefully people are doing more of that. And, and I like to use the phrase, fill up your cup. Like, the weekends or your days off from work should be spent filling up this cup so that you can do whatever it is that allows you to live and have fun and, you know, go on vacations and all these things um, so that you're prepared for all that. No, I think so. Right. And I think 
the, this, to be honest, is actually probably a good reset for a lot of people. Believe me, there's a portion of the, you know, a portion of the population, doctors, nurses, emergency personnel and everything that's going to need a big break after this. Right. right. But for those who don't, it's been an opportunity to reset and look at their, you know, look at, hey, number one, how are we going to look at my health? Number two, how are we, am I going to look at my fitness? Number three, how am I going to, you know, deal with my family? A lot of people have been traveling their entire careers or going into offices and next thing you know, they're home with their family. And it's a totally different world that they're used to and not used to. And, and I think there's an effect on health from all different angles that we don't even know exist above and beyond just sort of our, you know, our weight and our cholesterol numbers. Yeah. And, and we looked at that, right? We looked, we have tens of thousands of people providing blood data to us with details on what they're doing. And so where we looked at, you know, cortisol levels, your, your stress hormone, it actually went up in a statistically significant manner. So much to say, so much so to say, like people were more stressed than ever before. We see some trends in, in glucose levels in the summer being elevated and, and some other things. And those rose higher than in, in previous years. And so it was fascinating to see, again, from an objective standpoint, that um, people's health uh, from the inside out, not just the number on the scale, actually did decline in, in 2020. Um, and that's just an opportunity for people to, um, yeah, like you said, take a reset, understand what they need to do to improve and, and make it a priority again. So let's, let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about, you know, what you're doing and how you actually use your product to optimize performance, right? A lot of people I interview, you know, talk about the products that their company sells, but the question is, do they really use them? Are they really using, uh, you know, them for performance gains? And, and you have done that. And one of the things, again, talking with Gil and um, with Ronnie, you know, the two leaders of your company talking about the importance of that, the blood doesn't lie, right? You can, it's, it's always there. It's sort of the, uh, <laughs> the meter for all else. Right. Talk, yeah. to, talk to us about how, you know, some of the markers that you see, but more importantly, just going back to basics, right? Because there's so much technology out there and we're wondering, all right, am I wearing the whoop right? Am I wearing my Apple watch right? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Right. And, and a lot of that can, you know, be skewed fairly easily, but your blood can't really be skewed. So talk to us a bit about the importance of that. Number one and number two, how it's really worked for you, you know, for you and your performance. Yeah. I love, I love these questions. Um, so I went to, I had planned to go to Breckenridge, Colorado for two months and then come back to the East coast. And so Breckenridge is at sleeping at 9,600 feet, a little bit higher than Boston, a little bit higher than Princeton. Um, and so I took a blood test in late December. So we were going, uh, my roommate and I were going in February. Uh, so I took a blood test in late December, I think it was like 29th or something like that, as a way to get a baseline of where I'm at to make sure that when I go to high altitude, I feel good enough. Um, there's, for those who haven't been at altitude or at high altitude, there's an additional, additional demand um, due to the lack of, of uh oxygen essentially um, so if your iron levels are low you'll feel it you'll be tired you'll have a headache all these things um, vitamin d require your vitamin d needs are higher your your protein intake is it needs to go up your uh, 
carbohydrate is you need to eat more, sleep more, and drink more. So everything was perfectly optimal, um, which gave me the green light to keep doing what I was doing and get ready to go. So I get to, I get to Breckenridge, um, again, 10,000 feet. It's middle of winter. It's cold. Everything is a hill. Um, it's considered flat if, if you're running uh, 100 feet per mile. 100 feet of gain per mile. That's flat. So a thousand feet and a 10 mile gain is, is called Breckenridge flat. And I was doing, I was doing a thousand feet of gain in a week in Boston. And I'd have runs of like a hundred feet of gain. So, so I get to Breckenridge. I feel like crap for a couple of days, which is to be expected. And I just kept training through it and um, dropped the volume, the run volume by 25%. And just kept doing what I knew I needed to be doing, which is eating enough, sleeping enough, and drinking enough. And so I, I did a blood test a month and a half into this, and the data was better than it's ever been before. My, my, um, my glucose is optimal for the first time in years. My A1C dropped. It was already in an optimal range. It's better now. My cholesterol dropped by 10%. Um, my testosterone went up by 20%. My, my iron values were, you know, high enough that my coach was like, you taking anything? <laughs> um, he's like, you couldn't be a pro cyclist with those levels. And it just reaffirmed for me that it, mind you, this is, I said earlier, I, this is the loosest I've ever been with my diet, but I'm doing the things that I need to do. So yeah, sure. I'm eating pizza once or twice a week and ice cream and you know, cookies and, and pastries and whatever from the, the French bakery down the corner. But I'm also eating fish twice a week. I'm also eating, you know, oatmeal every day. I'm taking the supplements my body needs. All these things that, that Inside Tracker flag for me that are just like unsexy, but like basics. I was doing them every day, which led to a lot of room for everything else that I wanted to add in and I was sleeping eight hours a night and I was drinking a hundred plus ounces of water a day. And the reason that I think that it was such an interesting experience is because if you don't do the basics at high altitude, you feel awful. And so the feedback loop is very quick. Um, so that again, if you're not eating enough, sleeping enough and drinking enough, um, you, you will feel awful. Yeah, it's Whereas immediate, it, right? It's instant gratification. Right, right. And whereas if you thereof instant gratification. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas if you do this at sea level, yeah, it does maybe it has an impact. Maybe your workouts aren't as great and maybe you have a little brain fog at work or whatever. But like at the end of the day, it's not going to impact you all that much um in the short term and maybe in the long term. Um and so this this causes people to chase the sexy things, the the super expensive recovery modalities, the, you know, high-end gear, the bigger, um, faster, stronger, lighter bikes, all of this stuff that, you know, you could pay $10,000 for a bike that's, you know, eight ounces less, or you could, you know, sleep more. Might have the same output. Um, or you could, if you can't sleep more, you could improve the quality of your sleep. So all these things that people try and chase at sea level absolutely do not work at high altitude if you're not doing the basics. And so for me, it was this affirmation of, um, so Ben Bergeron is a, is a, uh, 
is a coach at CrossFit New England and world-renowned uh, coach of some of the best athletes in the world. And his, his line is, do the common uncommonly well. And he's got athletes that do the common uncommonly well, and they make millions of dollars from using their bodies to compete. And they are successful because they nail the basics and everything else comes after that. And so, so, so coupled with the instant feedback of feeling good all the time and blood data that shows this is actually the best you've ever been um, was, was a wild way to see both objectively and subjectively like this is, this is, my path to feeling better and feeling better and, and doing everything I can to give myself the best edge possible. Now are the basics the same for everyone or is the, are the basics different? And that's how you use your tool to figure out what, what, what they are. I mean, fundamentally the basics are eat, sleep, drink, right? The way that, you know, well, I can eat, sleep and drink really well, but I can <laughs> eat, sleep and drink all the wrong things. Yeah. Right? What kind of beers are we talking exactly, about? Exactly. Right. Um, so the the eat piece is is the piece that is you know going to be the most different for people and so like we'll make recommendations for some athletes to eat more meat and for others to eat less meat and blah 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 so that's the part that there is so much differentiation that's why we exist to to give you these tools to know okay i need to eat my it's like uh, what is it four o'clock and my bowl of oatmeal is still here but i need to eat my oatmeal i need to take my vitamin D supplement and my ALA supplement and cortisol or ashwagandha for cortisol. I know this, we're not doing video here, but I've got them. <laughs> I've got them, them all lined up. Um, and then, you know, the, the foods that I need to eat daily or twice a week or whatever. And that just leaves so much room to fill in with whatever else I want from a, from a nutrition standpoint. And, um, but the other two pieces, the fundamentals, sleep, and you know hydration um i feel like that's that's fairly consistent across the board some people are like oh i don't need to sleep eight hours a night i'm like well you're you're probably not part of the less than five percent of the population that can thrive on less than six hours of sleep and that's not the actual percentage but it's somewhere close to like less than five percent of the population needs less than six hours of sleep so it's we all need to do it we all need to do it you know right and it has such a such an impact on health and performance i was um i, I loved what you were saying earlier right you could go spend 10 grand on your bike or you could focus on what you put in your mouth or get sleep right. i'm i'm very similar philosophy of hey if you're not dialed in to just sort of get the basics right it's not nothing's gonna work right right and and that's such a and that's such a key component to all of it and and i think too um is learning and I love, you know, obviously I've done what you guys are doing and you can see where your either iron's low, right? Typically my iron is, is low and I have to supplement with it. And I can tell to the point now when, Oh Jesus, you know, I'm sort of used you know to this. It feels like, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Right. And then you can do it, but you don't know unless you really have that gauge and there's no better gauge to, to see that or, um, you know, whatever, what is it? Liver enzymes. And it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying from drinking, but from hard efforts, it's amazing Muscle damage, to see yeah. how your, you know, how high your level, your liver um, enzymes are after doing a hard event. I remember I did, what was it? A 30 mile endurance race. And it was like, Jesus, you know, it was like through the roof. 
uh, a couple yeah. of days later. You know, that type of stuff that you, you have no idea or your white blood cell count, right? How hard efforts really affect your white blood cell count and that type of stuff. Yeah. What, um, so talk to us, you know, what are some of the keys that you measure for, right? You're saying the basics and, you know, we could go deep down every rabbit hole of every little thing, but what are some of the key th markers that you're looking for, for optimal performance? So, so I'm most interested in, I mean, obviously making sure my glucose and cholesterol are going in the right direction and not high or whatnot. Um, but from a performance standpoint, I like to look at testosterone cortisol, uh, I look at inflammation, and then some of the nutrients and, and hormones that contribute to feeling good, recovering quick, and, and uh, being able to perform. So vitamin D, magnesium, um, these levels that, that are related to muscle repair and power and strength and sleep. And so I, I like to follow testosterone in particular. I've for whatever reason, I tend to have high levels. And so, so the benefit for me of retesting is that an 800 for me is low. Whereas for most men who are 25 to 50 years old, 800 is high. Um, but for me, high is 1100, 1200. And, and so I like to be able to see, um, and again, this is, this is, potentially some genetic uh, contribution. My dad has uh, historically had higher levels of testosterone too, and he's, he's 60 and his levels are 800 or 900. Again, something that you would expect from a, from a young 22-year-old you know, or a, a healthy 22-year-old. Um, so I like to be able to, to look at when I'm in training, how it looks versus how I feel. And I can at this point I can, like, I knew that that level was going to be high. Um, that testosterone level when I tested back in March, cause I just, I felt powerful. I felt, um, resilient. I felt like all of these things that are associated with healthy levels of testosterone. Now, if that were to be low, I would back off training until it came back up. Um, but that would be odd paired with the, the subjective feelings I had there. Um, another one is cortisol, so your stress hormone, and the ratio of testosterone to cortisol is essentially telling you, are you building muscle or are you breaking down muscle? Are you, are you primed to compete or do you need to introduce a little bit of a taper period um, to give your body a, a chance to um, refresh itself? Um, mine's great, and in two weeks, I'm doing a time trial, and I've literally never been this fit, and I'm I'm like... I've been at sea level for uh, three months now and I'm going to go back to Boston and I'm going to just tear it up. And I like, and I have this You've been at altitude for three months. Yeah. I've been at altitude right. for three months. Um, and I just like all the data suggests that I'm healthy. I'm recovered. I'm ready to go. Whereas if you look at, uh, an athlete who is indicating they don't feel good at the moment, our testing can then show, okay, which of the 47 different things that could possibly be explaining this is explaining it. And then more importantly, what do you do about it? So we have people who come to us all the time when they're tired or injured or pla they plateaued and their coach doesn't know why. And our program will almost always pinpoint exactly why you feel like crap.
And so for a lot of athletes, it's like pretty validating that uh, you're not just being lazy or, or whatever. It's, there's actually something off and there's something off that you can do about it. And so a lot of people get caught in this, no, I'm just getting older um, mentality. And we're here to say, well, some levels go down or go up as you get older, but you can offset that with choices from a diet, lifestyle, and supplementation standpoint that will actually make you feel better as you get older. And we have, we have many people who, 50, 60 years old, who will say, I actually feel better today than I did 30 years ago in their 20s or 30s. And to hear someone who's 60 years old say that and, and also have data that suggests that they're in a good place um, objectively as well as subjectively, it's really cool because that's living out our mission, which is helping people live better, live longer, and continue to do the things that they love for as long as possible without this excuse of, oh, I'm just getting older, right? Maybe you're not as fast as you used to be, but you can still do it and you can still feel good while doing it. And so like I was out in Southwestern Colorado in February, it's like, I don't know, 8,000 feet above sea level. And it was, I don't know, 35 degrees out. And there's a road called the Million Dollar Highway. And leaving the town of Ure, Colorado, you're basically climbing two miles on this, on this pavement out of town and up into the mountains. And I'm driving down this road one day and I see an old woman. And then like a minute later, I see this old man. And I don't know, they were 50 years older than me, 45 years older than me, something like that. And they're just running uphill at 8,000 feet in the middle of winter. And I'm like, holy shit, I want to do that in 30, 40, 50 years. Like, that's so cool that you can just continue to do this thing that makes you so happy and do it forever and do it till the, the day you die, maybe. Um, and to, do the, to be able to do these things that like, bring us so much joy just for fun, um, that's, you know, that's why we exist. No, and, and it's so important too, the longevity piece, right? And, and, and staying active and really realizing that that's the other component to it, right? You, you can get your nutrition dialed in, but the importance of staying active, I think that's the yeah. other piece of it. It's, you know, one of the things I've noticed is when I just, I'm 47, if I just endurance train, I feel that my body breaks down, but I, you know, need to combine strength training with it. And it's a totally different ballgame. It's, sure. you know, different phases of your life of what's happening, what's not happening. And it's, and, and you can notice those little nuances and little changes. So no, I, I love what you guys are doing. What do you, so talk to us a bit about some of the, you know, some of the things you have coming next in terms of racing and training and some of the, some of the goals you're looking to do. Yeah. So, um, so I just passed a thousand days with my, with my running coach a few days ago or a few weeks ago. And, uh, he made some comment about, about, yeah, there's a two thirty in your legs. I was like, my God, so I, my first marathon was a three thirty something. And he's telling me I could, I could run an hour faster than that. So that got me thinking about like, okay, what, what is, what is my ceiling? Uh, I ran a 259 in 2019 and I'm racing Boston this year and I've got a goal of 249. So I took 20 minutes off in 2019. So 10 minutes should be uh, doable. Um, I'm running with the invitational bib. So the, the biggest challenge or a challenge will be uh, navigating 
from the back of the pack and basically running solo for uh, right time trial with the with with that group. But um, assuming it, it, you know, I can I can do that. Like the energy at Boston can replace just about any any other variable in a race, uh, particularly you know the first Boston in a year and a half, um, and then. I'm doing I'm doing a half marathon time trial in two weeks, so uh, mid mid May, uh, so maybe it, it'll have happened by the time we air this, and I'll have run a 121 something. Um, but that's that's the short term goal to um, come down from two months at 10,000 feet, one month at 5,000 feet, and uh, and run on a trampoline in Boston, basically, um, and then just put string together many many more months of healthy training and um maybe a 50k depending on how i recover from from boston um or something like adventure runny type uh in the summer um i mean i'm in boulder and you know uh people do 50ks as their long runs here which is just like (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go out and run 30 miles um and have it take seven hours because there's 7,000 feet of gain. Um, so, so to do something like that and just like have, have more fun this summer than I've ever had on my own two feet, um, my whole life. Like that's, that's my training goal at this point. Awesome. Two thirty. Wow. That's big. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that, but, uh, let's start with the two forties. So <laughs> there you go. No, that's exciting stuff though. And I, and it's awesome to have goals like that. Right. And then, and that really what pushes is, pushes us to do the things that we do. It's like, Hey, right. you know, without a dream, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that I love so much about the sport, right? Like when, when you, when you're able to look back and what used to be hard is now easy. Like right now I could, I could pace a friend to the time that I, to the time that I ran my first marathon in, and that would just be a long run effort. But five years ago or six years ago, that was an all out exhaustive, you know, take three weeks off type effort. And now I could go out and do that and, and run the next day. And that type of progress is, is wild. And I I just love it. And like, I'm, I'm running 60, 50, 60 miles a week at altitude. And that would have broken me three years ago. It did break me three years ago. Um, And so to be able to look back and look at, look at the week that I just had, and then, uh, having had a harder week before it and then compared that to to a week in 2017 that literally and figuratively broke me and was objectively easier than what I just completed is like it's so cool to see that type of progress and then you just keep doing it and you just keep leveling up and up and up and who knows what the limit is now what is it what do they say what used to be your hard days is now your warm up, right? So, right, exactly. It's so true. It's so true. Now, talk to us about your podcast. Tell everyone where they can check you out, where they can find you as well, and what you're up to there. So, give a couple pitches on Inside Tracker, the Long Run podcast, and where to find Jonathan Levitt. Yeah. So, for the Long Run is uh, about 160 episodes deep at this point. Um, I've had athletes like Shalane Flanagan, Kara Goucher, Amelia Boone. Sarah Hall, um, all the way to, you know, people who, who work in the industry and they're not professional athletes themselves. They had, uh, Gwen Jorgensen's husband, 
um, Pat Lemieux on there and we talked sports business and we talked sponsorship and marketing and, and the Olympics. Um, and the goal with the podcast is exploring the why and helping to understand what has allowed these successful athletes to be successful. Um, I just had the, the, one of the co-founders of Beam on there and he played professional baseball and then founded a company. And so I, I find the, the takeaways from competitive sport um, to have so much carryover into life. And so the goal is like, I could have a conversation with, with Shalane Flanagan about what has allowed her to be an Olympic athlete and run a 220 something marathon. And we could remove running and replace the medium with life and anything that she's learned on the roads and track can be extrapolated into like, how do we do this? Um, how do I do my job better? How do, how am I a better spouse? How am I a better mother, father, sister, brother, whatever. Um, and the carryover is, is fascinating. Um, somebody asked me in an interview recently, and th this sort of ties it all together. Um, but she asked, uh, have any of the lessons you've learned in running applied to life? <laughs> My answer was yes, all of them. And so that's the goal with the podcast. It's to, to understand from somebody who is objectively and subjectively successful, what can I learn and what can the audience learn and improve their own lives with? Um, so long, long answer, but can be found anywhere. Uh, you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, all that good stuff. And you're on Twitter too. You're big on Twitter yes. as well. So what's your Twitter handle? Uh, JW Levitt on Twitter and, and Instagram as well. Awesome. And then sort of give the final picture of Inside Tracker and what you guys are doing and how people can check you guys out. So we are just having fun helping people live uh, longer, healthier, and happier lives. Um, InsideTracker.com is the website. We have a very active and educational and entertaining uh, Instagram presence. So I'd, I'd suggest checking that out uh, as well. Um, handle is Inside Tracker, And uh, we're here to uh, like I said, help people live, live, live longer and, and add more life to their years. Awesome, Jonathan. Well, thanks for taking your time this afternoon. I know you're probably going to head out for a long run here in the, uh, the 40 degree boulder weather, which <laughs> is always fun. It's New England's not much further. I think we're going to be at highs in the 40s tomorrow. <laughs> so that'll be the same thing for me getting out there. But this was a pleasure. This is an honor. Keep doing what you're doing and keep going after that, those goals. I appreciate you being here. Awesome. Thanks so much. And, and fortunately, Mondays are my rest days. So I don't, oh, I don't have go. to get out there today in the, in the cold rain. Perfect. Perfect. And if anyone has any questions, comments, or feedback, email me at kenintheexecutiveathletes.com. Keep on listening. Keep on training. Keep on making it happen. And thanks for listening. Bye.